They don't pay you a million dollars for two-hand chest passes. The Pistol, Pete Maravich. Welcome to the podcast where we play by twos and threes. He's Doug. I'm Mark. That was Haley Jane uh, spitting some legendary Pistol Pete Maravich to bring us in. Uh, I don't know, Doug. What's up, man? Don't call it a comeback, but we're doing a podcast and it's been uh, a little longer than normal. You know, we we actually had to wait this one out because we couldn't do two depressing podcasts in a row. So <laughs> we had to... Um, well, I mean, I guess if we I'm going to push it, back on you right there for, for the integrity, our journalistic integrity. We were ready to go on Sunday. I was I had a very upbeat podcast plan um, because of some things we'll talk about on here. In spite of that Denver game being, I think, the season, the low of point of the entire season. But I was just like, you know, the Blazers game was weird. We were going to do it after the Rockets game. Um and going into the Rockets game, I was feeling like okay about things, but the world conspired against us. Basically, my whole family got sick over the weekend. I had no voice. Um, <laughs> I'm still a little shaky in that area. And then you had school stuff. I had work stuff. Um, you had city league basketball. Uh, the world, the world conspired against us to the point where it all landed on a perfect night of tonight with uh, Kristen off. Um, you know, hobnobbing with higher ups at her job at a work dinner, me peacefully watching one of the funnest games of the season and then teeing it up for, Hey, we're the happy guys. Uh, let's do a happy podcast. So on that note, let's get into this week, Doug. Can we talk about it? Um, let's go to our segment one, our old school segment one. We don't need to do this weird, like emo podcast, like last time. Uh, we're here to have fun, and thank goodness it turns out the Jazz are now too. Wait, what happened this week? Uh, so here's what it was. This isn't really a week recap because it's been longer than a week, but there's been five games since we last spoke. Um, so it's kind of also good that we wait because last week was like a, a light on games week. So um, here's what happened. Uh, we went four and one during those five games. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, lost to the Nuggets by three. More on that, uh, to come, which is what I always say. More on that to come, Mark, is what people have started to call me in the streets. Um, then, uh, beat the Blazers in we'll call it an uninspiring fashion, uh, beat the Rockets in super inspiring fashion, uh, beat the Mavs, beat the Heat. That's a pretty rough stretch of opponents. Four and one is fantastic to have come out that way. Um, feels less fantastic considering they had lost five you know in a row but all in all made the whole stretch not so bad right now doug the jazz are 36 and 18 have you heard this this is the most wins they've ever had going into the all-star break in the yeah, history of the nice. franchise which can't be the best record at this point it must be that they've played more games right i mean the, that's what I, the 64 honestly, win season they must have won <laughs> had a better record at this point but still pretty cool um yeah. Fourth, I was fourth in the that, West. Yeah, I sorry. Was wondering that same thing. If maybe the All Star break had just been at a different 
feels like a late all-star break i mean i don't know we're in a leap year that shouldn't count matter up until this point but like thanksgiving was really late i don't know you know it's an interesting interesting thing um but fourth in the west but again really in a cluster for second and third um interesting point at this point last year 30 and, and 24 i believe um so that's we're still ahead of pace the gap is narrowing 538 has us winning 53 and finishing fifth in the west basketball reference 53 and fourth espn bpi 54 and fourth all of those have us within striking distance but games are running out in terms of catching up on people and i don't know that's kind of where we're at so we're sitting in fourth um the clippers lost last night they have another tough one i think against boston like tomorrow so we could be tied in the loss column with them going into the all-star break as we speak the nuggets and lakers are in a close game but doug are we just going to be in a four or five matchup versus the Rockets? or what <laughs> it seems like it seems like that could be a possibility for sure and i i mean we're way ahead of ourselves, but I'd say the Jazz take him in a best Yeah, me seven. too. Let's get into that because we'll talk about the games as they happen. Let's play – my yeah, my high-level take is, look, I'm feeling okay right now. I mean, the, the we're sitting in a nice spot. Not as good of a spot as we were two weeks ago. Better spot than we are in a week ago. So, you know, it is what it is. But let's let's play our game, Doug. Let's, let's play our recap game where we go five on five. Let's play a game. Yay! So, uh, in in fairness here, well, first, I'm going to challenge you to go first because I've just been blabbering on. And second, um, I'm going to say I had five when we were going to do this podcast like three days ago. And I'm they're still sitting here on my little notes app. <laughs> but I'm going to try to condense those, and I'm just going to kind of wing it a little bit on the other ones because I've got all kinds of thoughts bouncing around my head. What do you think? You got one? Okay. Well, I think that's great. <laughs> Um, so I'll start, uh, and this is more of a thought, but the Denver game and it was after our last podcast, uh, this was on Wednesday. So the jazz had, had had a a lot of time or wait, no, let me see. Was this on Wednesday? Uh, the Denver game? Yeah, it was Wednesday. It was like a million Wednesdays ago. It feels like though. I mean, it was like a a lifetime ago, but a lifetime ago on a Wednesday. Um, but the Jazz had hit, lost four games, and at least the swing, it felt like they had had, I think it was Monday, Tuesday off, and Wednesday, it felt like they could, it would have been a good time to turn around. And The Nuggets and, were on the second night of a back-to-back, too. I mean, and, right, with like four really guys. They, I think they had three active players on their roster at the time. It was bad. Right. They had pulled up a couple guys from college in the Australian league, I think. Yeah. Um, but I think this was one of the games where Mike Conley played awesome. It was one of those games where the Jazz lost, but he looked good. And with the caveat to that, that he missed what would have been a go-ahead shot in the last 10 seconds. Kristen, but, Kristen, my wife, not a fan of that shot. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> Yeah, the apoplectic the, at that chat, I would say. I thought it was an okay look, but he was great that game. I'm with you. But so, yeah, what you said, 
Kristen's not a fan. I'm not really a fan of the Mike Conley floater. But I want to say this is one, and I honestly don't even remember the game before this, but it felt like this was the beginning of Mike looking pretty good. I agree. I thought he looked great in that game. And frankly, it was a really bad Donovan Mitchell game. And we've had a few of those of late. Not um, Tonight was not one of them. But he, he Mike, I thought held us together in that game. Um, I'm with you. I love, so I, instead of, because I had like three thoughts from that game, Save one for the bigger one, but my, my my mini thought to piggyback off of this somehow, even though it doesn't really, but whatever. Do you remember in that game when there was a pass to Tony Bradley and he does like an amazing Euro step and it looked so athletic and you're like, whoa, and then he tried to dunk it and he just missed the dunk. Do you remember this play? No, I don't remember that. It was like, I want to find this highlight and send it to you because as he did, I was like, oh, Tony. And then it's like, oh, I missed. And that was, like, to me, the microcosm of this five-game losing streak that they had. It was, like, that play in and of itself (laughs) where it was just, like, a little off. And that game, here's what I would say for that game. I agree with you, Mike was good. I think Mike's been really good um, throughout the the last few games, and it's a bummer he's missed the last couple. But um, the Jokic-Gobert thing's interesting. Jokic was really good in that game. Gobert was really good in most of the game before when they played and then not so good. That was not a great Gobert game. And this is what I was thinking of. I was thinking of sometimes, so many times in the NBA, we just think that this guy owns that guy or whatever. Like this guy's better. Like Drexler like got owned by Michael Jordan and he was worse. Well, that's a bad example because it was true. But like, I don't know. It's like these, these matchups and these teams that go back and forth, the Celtics and the Lakers. I was thinking of Jokic and Gobert like a classic tennis rivalry. Can you roll with me on this? I'm, and I'm, I'm trying to you. figure out which one it is. Because there's like Sampras and Agassi, right? All-time classic. And if you look at it in retrospect, Sampras won, right? I mean, he just won a lot more. But Agassi won a fair share and like beat him in big tournaments and won Grand Slams. So it's like Sampras won it all overall had a better record against him but Agassi was winning tournaments and winning against him and then there was there's like Roger Federer Andy Roddick and it's like just say we loved Andy he could just never beat Roger Federer and then there's like Federer Nadal where it's like it went through waves and it's not even over yet and it's like at one point one had the upper hand and the other point the other I honestly feel like this this Jokic Gobert thing they're stylistically so different and the teams are stylistically so different and Jokic won that game but I kind of feel like they're going to be either Sampras Agassi type or Federer Nadal type of a rivalry I don't know what do you think about that am I weird does that make sense um no I I think I like the the parallel to tennis I thought you were going to go something with for some reason, like the John Isner, I can't even remember who he's playing against the 54, <laughs> sure. 54 um, game set. Do I do that? remember that, like yeah. I don't know how you're going to relate those. But Isner's I, tall, I they're tall. No, I mean, I just right. like, I guess I'm just like, 
think they're going to be a back and forth kind of thing. It would be fun to have a playoff series against Denver uh, and see for seven games, the coaches strategize and the big guys adjust to each other. Um, I thought, I don't know if you saw this thing, but ESPN like stats and info posted a thing afterwards that said like uh, Jokic was like eight for eight against Gobert. And it was like, he, he, I remember one where he straight up airballed it in his face, like right before the end of the game. But then he made it like, what are they even talking about? And Gobert replied fake news. And then somebody put up actual stats. But I don't know. I, I guess I just think it's I think it's the type of thing we're going to see this develop and go back and forth. And uh, they're fun because Jokic was really good. Um, I mean, Matt Harpring probably thinks he's better than I do because Matt Harpring's in love with the best player on the other team all the time. But um, but yeah, so that that's my long-winded uh, Denver game thought. Yeah, just a sidebar with that. There's a couple really fun Rudy matchups in the league, and so I was listening to pregame today, and and Matt Harpring and David Lockford just going off on some tangent, and David said, uh, "Oh, actually, it was it was David and Ron Boone and." David said that the like the perfect NBA is going to be what what the Rockets are doing, all five players being able to shoot threes with no center. Yeah, and and Ron Booten was just saying that that would be super ugly. But um, he's enamored by this Rockets thing. I've been listening to his yeah. podcast. You know me; I'm a big fan. But I am I disagree. But yeah. Yeah, long long term, especially over a seven game series, I don't think that you can rely solely on the three pointer and and fast breaks. But I I don't know. I guess we'll see when once playoff time hits. But if just think if you took away Rudy, he has so many fun matchups. Like I always feel like the Jokic games are really fun. Um, he has a weird thing with Hassan Whiteside, so the the Portland games are fun, and then with the Thunder and Steven Adams and then obviously Joel Embiid. I don't know. And, and Carl Anthony Towns, much things that we've talked a lot yeah. about, but it really just has some fun matchups and Jokic definitely got that one. He had 30 points, 10 assists and 21 boards, which is a uh, ridiculous stat line. Um, he was, but, he was know, awesome. I and I just, that, that to it's me, to I, I just matchups. think, I think David Locke is devaluing these big guys a little bit, which is weird because he's such a big Gobert proponent. But I, I think the six sevens or less uh, – somebody else said that, but I thought it was clever. Six sevens or less, play off the six seconds or less. He, uh, Rockets because they're all six seven or shorter. Um, he, he On his podcast, he was talking about how they are a, a, a incredible miracle Boyan Bogdanovich shot away from being 3-0 since they started. I think it's a gimmick a little bit. Not not totally, but I think teams are going to get used to this. Russell, what I I thought the Jazz started with it too. I mean, we'll get to that game, but maybe I'll just say it now. Like Gobert was Gobert was dunking all over them early. Then they went on a run. I left that game thinking they are way more vulnerable in a seven game series versus the Jazz than they've ever been over the last few years, and I don't believe in it. That's Mister. Yeah. Um, but did you, what'd you have next on yep. your thing? On your five, five things. Do you have one? Well, next was the Portland game. And I just want to say before this game, after our fifth loss, it just seemed like it was murderer's row still. And I mean, the pessimist, 
pessimist in me literally saw a nine possible nine game losing streak going into the into the all-star break so i'm proud to report that it was the opposite and we won four in a row against the trailblazers Mavs um, and heat but it was it was looking rough before this game for sure definitely <laughs> and 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 while we'll both say that we don't necessarily feel the greatest about this trailblazers win um i, I don't know it was, it was a fun game always playing against dame is awesome and we had just barely played against him and and they i don't know they handled the jazz but one thing i mean so just to recap if you didn't watch the game the the controversy was that the jazz were up uh they were up one and damian lillard went down driving it he shot a layup and rudy gobert it was called a block but after a replay, it was 100% a goaltend. And so then the Jazz got the ball off the block and then were fouled and hit two free throws, ended up winning by three. But the, so the big thing was that Dame said that they were robbed of a W because of the missed call. Um, so my stat is one block, <laughs> zero goaltends. Um... So let me give you – can I tell you the whole context of me watching this game um, to, to make yeah, it uh, – to give you my thoughts? So it was my good friend Alan's birthday. It was actually two of my friends, Alan and Erica, who are mutual friends, combined birthdays. But we were out celebrating um, Alan's birthday, and we went to a bocce field. And they had the game on ESPN there. So I'm watching it there. So, all right, it's going fine. I'm playing bocce. I'm, I'm doing terrible, Doug, basically. Have you played bocce on a professional bocce court? I don't know if it's professional, but it's no, like... No, and honestly, I know what bocce ball is, but I can't think Yeah, it's like you it throw is. a little small silver ball, and then everybody throws other balls and tries to get as close as they can to it. And, oh, like, okay. yeah, there's yeah, two yeah. teams, and then, like, you're not going to – but, you you know, sometimes you play in, like, the backyard, and you're playing, like, grass, and it's this these – these courts like it rolls um so we play that so then we go to this in like the same parking lot there's a louisiana style restaurant called the bywater in los gatos california and we go there and the game's on so perfect everybody's considerate of the fact that i'm obsessed so i've got a nice seat with a good view watching the whole game the block happens i'm calling it the block um, I'm like, oh, that's a bummer. That was a goaltend, you know? Like, I felt kind of bad, but, you know, it would have tied the game. The Jazz would have got the ball back. There's nine seconds left. I'm I'm just – but they've just been playing so bad that to end the losing streak that way felt gross. You know what I mean? And then we walk out, and we're leaving the restaurant, and somebody's like, Marcus, have you seen this? And I look up. Again, Doug, Los Gatos, California. I realize it's a New Orleans restaurant. There is a gorgeous mural of Pistol Pete Maravich in his perfect old school jazz jersey, like taking a shot and it says the pistol on it. And it's like he spoke to me, Doug. I went to the pistol. And, <laughs> and in my mind, I'm thinking of the movie Pistol, the Legend or whatever on, on Netflix or whatever. I forget the name of it, but. I, it's like he 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 made it all better, and I was like, okay. I just looked at him, and then I knew. 
I'm fine with this win. This was a good win. This season's going to be okay. It's like he whispered to me, Marcus, character never quits. And with patience and persistence, dreams do come true, which is a Pistol Pete Maravich quote. Um, he also might have whispered to me, I got by on talent. That was my fatal mistake, which I would have then turned around and whispered to Carmelo Anthony. Um, after that, no, I don't know. Um, so I don't know. Like you and I both left that feeling funny. Um, but Pistol Pete Maravich made me feel better. And then, frankly, Doug, we started watching the Rockets game next. And the refereeing was so atrocious. And James Harden gets by on so many ridiculous calls. He just moves and they call a foul. And I, I was like, forget this. I don't, I'm not going to let anybody take away my Blazers win. We just beat them. That's the way it works. I also listened to David Locke talk about this game. And he's like, it's dangerous because, sure, there was a foul right after the play there. So they could have reviewed it. But what if there wasn't a foul? What if the Jazz get the rebound, go down, miss? The Blazers come back, make a three, and then they're up. And then are they going to go back and review that play and then discount everything and reset the clock? Like, what are we talking about here? Like, it's just not so easy. It's not like football where the play begins and ends and you review it, right? Or it's not like a buzzer beater or something like that. So it's complicated. And guess what? You've said it better than anybody else. Yeah, you, Doug. Douglas Matthews. <laughs> when you called Rudy not the non-call on him allegedly fouling Brandon Ingram when Brandon Ingram wrapped his arm around him and offensive fouled him and people wanted to call it a defensive foul, you called it star treatment. And that's because Rudy has earned it. And so I hate star treatment, but if James Harden's going to get it, if James Harden flops and people are like, well, he's really good. So that's only, he's only going to move if he gets fouled. So we're going to call it and give him free throws. If, uh, is that if all these guys who shoot so many free throws all the time are getting the benefit of the doubt there, Rudy Gobert, who goes straight up all the time and has earned the ref's respect, he might as well get the benefit of the doubt if they don't see it cleanly. It's defensive star treatment. Um, and yeah, you know, the jazz one. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like when I'm playing in my City League basketball game and I totally hit someone in the back of the head and the ref doesn't call anything and the guy freaks out and he says, you hit me in the back of the head. And the ref goes, I didn't see it, so can't call it. It's just they trust me, you know, Mark? And <laughs> it's, uh, the, to be honest, I thought as it was happening, I was like, this relates to Doug's in City League basketball. Um, and I've always known you to be someone who takes a cheap shot in the back of someone's head when the ref's not looking and then shrugged your shoulders afterwards. Shrug emoji. No, Can I tell you my one, my one bad thing is that I'm kind of a Jersey grabber. Like someone's cutting past me. I grab the Jersey and just to keep part of the game, man. John so Stockton don't... is so proud of you. It's just the way you play basketball, but, but you're to your point. It's like, yeah, there's a million calls and I get, people will get mad that that is one that's easier to review and it's at the end of the game and all this stuff. I'm sorry. Like Damian Lillard is my favorite non-jazz basketball player. He's really, really good. He also gets the benefit of the doubt when he comes around screens and just starts to shoot all the time, you know? And I'm just saying people can cry me a river about this. My tweet that I was most proud of maybe in a while was uh guess what every now and then the ghost of howard isley's buzzer beater that got discounted against the bulls in the 98 finals comes back and throws us a bone 
like you know jordan pushed off howard heisley's three was good these are review things that weren't reviewable you know that's the way it works so that's that's that that's my blazers thing um the rockets game was incredibly fun what did you think about it do you have anything from there um yeah the rockets game was awesome pretty much the i mean the obvious one that i'm going to take is boyan's game winner um he had been uh one for four i don't think that's right i think it had been one for five from three and then he hit it or maybe he had, he made two shots oh, the whole game and they were both threes one in the fourth quarter the- i that's all yeah. I, I know that much he only made two shots and, and, one of them was and to add to that my boy jordan clarkson was really who kept us in the game throughout and i say my boy because i've always been on the jordan clarkson bag bandwagon is that right i don't know about that that's but. so not right <laughs> <laughs> but you are but man you no are one is hotter in the for him to be sixth man of the year and uh we're gaining steam there right but, like who is hotter than jordan clarkson nobody but dude it, it's like a a triple X hula hoop is what he's it's incredible. At yeah, I'm saving my thoughts for him for for the Heat game, but that Rockets game. Here's the other thing too. It kind of bugged me that Dave Locke, like, I mean, I like him a lot. I'm not trying to bag on him, but like to to discount the bogey shot as if that was a fluke or something, and then count the P, the PJ Tucker shot was an incredible shot. The Jazz had that game won. They kind of gave it away at the end. They're up seven, like with like two minutes left. And guess what? That Bogdanovich shot was a beautifully run play that they actually did a really good job sniffing out. And if you watch it in slow motion, he shoots it with perfect form. He sees the basket and he just makes a shot that he's going to make. He's a stone cold killer, Doug. I, I also was like in that game, he could be over a million. If he gets an open corner three in the fourth quarter, I'm like betting the farm that he's going to make it. And he made one that was huge a couple, you know, like a minute before. And then I wanted him to shoot that three at the end. I'm so glad they called the play for him because with less than two seconds left, he's just got such a quick release. He's so sure of himself and he leads the whole league in game winning shots. Buzzer beating shots. You got two. Yep. He's in a league of his own two, two game winners. Honestly, it was so, it was so pure. It was so good. Something fun that I saw on social media after the game was that when PJ Tucker hit his, what would have been game winner three from the corner, he screamed like, you can't guard me or something like that. And then Boyan, when he was wide open, like, yeah, which kudos to PJ Tucker because he's super clutch from the corner. It's incredible. And that's how he's been in the playoffs against the Jazz. I just don't even get it. I mean, it's probably because he has so many sick pairs of shoes and stuff. (laughs) He's like like, Bruce Bowen, like 7.0. Like, he's like a little bigger. He can guard the five and rebound, and he just makes corner threes, and he's a little less annoying. He's awesome. That's that's kind of an interesting comparison. I never had thought of that. Kind of forgot about Bruce Bowen. Yeah, well, I mean, that's like what he did. He's just like taught himself how to shoot corner threes. Um, big shout out to Kristen, though, because right as he made that, you know, it's on NBA TV, so I'm getting the Houston broadcast. And the Houston announcer's like, PJ Tucker for the win or something. And Chris was like, uh, there's like a second and a half left. What does he mean for the win? And then Bowie goes down as a three. And then the NBA TV guys were saying the same thing. 
but Chris totally was on it before him. So shouts to you. And uh, just fun. I just went into that game, Doug, as, as we said, as I was saying before, to have fun. I was kind of getting not like not having fun on Twitter, not having fun watching the games for a little while. And before that one, I was tweeting through Cowhide Globe and I was just like, I'm having fun this game. And the whole game was so fun. Like the Jazz just did enough to hang around the whole time. Russell Westbrook was acting like he just, you know, cured a, a, a terminal disease after he made every layup. Um, he made a bunch that were really fluky in front of Gobert. I thought Gobert actually played him great. Um, and it was just fun. The game was fun. Basketball's fun. Sports are fun. Um, fun. And then, did I say fun? It was fun. Um, and it was funny, and it was fun. All right, I'm done. Uh, then they- <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> I would go to, for it. To, to add to it, what Kristen said, so when Kylie and I, were, we, we were watching it on my phone, sitting on the couch, so it was a pretty huge screen view, you know? Um, and after pj tucker hit the shot we were both it was just like your heart sinks you know yeah and and kylie goes one point it was either 1.9 or 1.6 and she's like oh man that's like nothing and i was like oh no that's so much time and then we were both just glued to the screen and when Boyan hit that shot it did i like no way was that going in it looked i i mean later since we've all at least watched a million replays yeah. of the shot um but in live action at least from the camera angle i was like man that won't even hit the rim or you know yeah. at least that was my thought yeah. and when he just sinks it man we were both just joking. it was so funny dude we we just looked it was at so each fun other we were screaming i just here i just want it was awesome. for the record um i told the story giving my wife some credit and you told the story like saying how you were right and your your wife was wrong so husband points for me um not <laughs> just kidding uh but how soon after it went in did you think did paul paul heslip record this because it was pretty pretty soon thereafter for me and i was very glad that he did i'm gonna play it at the end of the podcast i think <laughs> okay sweet my question is and i don't even know if we got any response from paul on the bucks game winner by bogey but so does he just have a camera mounted on top of his tv or i think he's like living on? like uh that movie with uh matthew mcconaughey from years ago that's kind of like the truman show but he knows he's being filmed all the time forget what it's called uh, <laughs> i don't know uh paul is a multimedia mogul and uh he does a lot of awesome creative stuff and i i he i would be very disappointed if there was another bogey game winner that was not that he did not record his reaction to. That's all I'm going to say. I kind of need that stuff. Um, I'm going to be short on the Mavericks game because we're running out of time. No, we're not running out of time, but I've got long-winded on that. Um, I just thought it was an impressive win to go in there and just beat them like that um, in in Dallas, even without Luka. I get that they kind of made a comeback, but it never felt in doubt to me. They just laid the hammer down. They got the big lead early. Every team makes a run. Dallas is really good offensively. Um, so I thought that was a great win. Yeah, um, just to add to that, it was another fun game by Jordan Clarkson. Um, he just continues to look so good 
and so like he just does everything with ease coming off the bench can we just re-record you uh, saying that and then i'll just say the name of the game before and then we'll just replay that because it applies to every single game <laughs> it really does but one thing that i want to say uh i was really impressed with rudy in this game and really underwhelmed with Kristaps porzingis yes. i Chris, I mean, he has the nickname of the unicorn. He's this huge dude who has, he has some handles, or at least he did. Um, and he used to be able to take it to the rack, shoot threes, play defense. He was like, I was like, man, this dude is nuts. So when he got traded to the Mavs, I honestly thought that they cleaned house in that trade. But, and they got Tim Hardaway Jr., who's really good. But, I mean, Rudy got the ball and an inbounds, uh, like, at the, at the corner three and he dribbled it all the way in and dunked on Chris Stapps. It was like the one play where I was so shocked by Rudy and so shocked by the lack of competitiveness and whatever that Chris Stapps Porzingis. Yeah. And then in the fourth quarter, like towards the end of the game, he just spin moved and dunked right in his face again. It was, I'm with you. I don't know that he's valuable because he's so big and he can shoot. But I, I don't know. I feel like I've heard a few things on podcasts and read a few things that have talked about him being a little underwhelming. He, he had a lot of time off before. Maybe he'll be better next year. I don't know. But I, I left uh, unimpressed as well. Yeah. If, if, if you're just a box score warrior and you look and he had gets, 28 yeah. points, he hit three threes, but it just didn't look good. I don't know. I don't think it, the Mavs is currently constructed. I don't see them getting past the first round of the playoffs. That's my opinion. Yeah. Luca's really good. So who knows? It, it'll be matchup dependent for them, but it'd be fun if they were like, you know, I don't know if they were like seven and Denver somehow got to two, I'd be worried for Denver a little bit, but I still think Den- I, I don't know. Denver's good. They just keep winning. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm with you. And I just thought, like you, that was a matchup Rudy really dominated. It was kind of fun to watch these games where they, like, pulled Rudy off of Chris Stops to so keep him around the basket and had him guard other guys. They had him guard Russell Westbrook the game before. I mean, uh, fun strategy all the way around um, this week, for sure. Yeah, one quick one quick thought with that. Um one thing that I liked from this week, and this is a general thing because I think it was in two or three games, but we got some Juwan Morgan minutes as the like small ball five, and I really liked such it. a good point but, because he came in and I was like, oh no, and then he he was like plus eight or something against the Rockets, I think he was good. He he missed one alley oop where I know it was straight jitters. Yeah, and I was I I felt bad for him, but honestly, he I think he got his own rebound later. <laughs> But, um, or someone else did. I think we still scored on the possession. But I, I like to see Juwan Morgan out there. And I think it, he's a good option for that small ball five when, um, when they want to keep Rudy and Tony Bradley out. Yeah, I like him. I like him. Uh, so tonight, um, for the fifth one, I mean, just an awesome win. I mean, it was just an awesome win. And I, this is where I go, Jordan Clarkson and, everything you said before about him uh, he's playing amazing you know who are we even kidding here like he's been he's been incredible he has so much control of the ball and command of where he wants to go 
nobody can stop him from getting to his spots. And he's been spectacular. Should I say yeah. more? I don't know. Um, what do you think? Okay, so I just want to say this. Both of We had talked about this yesterday. So we should just record our sidebar phone calls. Um, but usually we're driving, so it wouldn't be very safe. Um, so Jordan Clarkson and Emmanuel Moody are in contracts this, this season. Um, they're both contract years. So I really like both both of them, and I've seen awesome things from both guys. But one thing that would just be awesome is if – and I don't know, like, we've talked about it before how Jordan Clarkson has more confidence than probably anybody in the league in himself, and and which is awesome. And, and he has it, it in spite like, of your lack of confidence in him. And it, so right, awesome. right. It just seems like he could be the ultimate, like, next Lou Williams. And if he could just sign a, a comfortable deal with the Jazz where it's a win-win, he would be the ultimate six-man for so long. Just his scoring is is so good. I don't know. And I, Lou he's, Williams has been so good for the last few years that it's hard to say this, but he's taller, faster, stronger than Lou Williams, too. Yeah. I, yeah he... I don't know. He's, he's been, he's been fantastic. And yeah, definitely shout out to our like three um, should have been podcast conversations we had during the week. I feel like all our best material got burned on that, on those, but, um, but yeah, yeah. This is the one thing I got one last thing from this Rockets game that I needed to run by you. What, what's taunting? What is this? Are the jazz incapable? (laughs) Are the jazz the only team that have taunting calls against them? Um, like, well, did, did you, you see, see the one Bam that was dunk? called on Jake Crowder? Oh, no, I didn't see that. I'm, I must have missed that one. Did you see, did you see Bam dunk and then get in Rudy's face though? Like, yeah, he literally, like, there's little, he could have done more to taunt him after that. Like, like he could have mooned him. He could have like made a gesture at his genitalia. I don't know what else he could have done, but. <laughs> He literally he dunked and he really got in his face and lingered. And I hate taunting calls. I kind of like taunting, period. Like I'm just like, let's have fun. Let's just let if somebody dunks, whatever. But that was the one that the whole season where I watched and I was like, oh, oh wow, they didn't call that. And then Rudy dunks on the other end and turns and says something to him and they give him a technical foul. That was the most absurd, obscene double standard I can recall in such a short proximity of time. It was, I was beside myself. I don't know how more people didn't get a technical. If I was Quinn Snyder, I would have been like running on the floor, like recreating the Bam Adebayo dunk taunt right in the ref's face. <laughs> it's just because like Donovan got called for one the other day. And then like somebody, it's just like, what? I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I, it's, a, it's a weird rule. I don't know. That's my rant. That's my rant about taunting. Okay, so I have we- two weird rants off of that okay so jay crowder jay crowder ended up he got one later in the game and honestly i must have looked away as it happened and i just saw it being called i didn't see like what he did or obviously he taunted but um the rudy one was super dumb i wasn't even in bam Adebayo's face and he just said something he was frankly just standing up for himself i'm just like completely tried to make a mockery of him Right, and honestly, I think they should have given a technical to the whole 
Heat team because they got five guys got out rebounded by Rudy Gobert on that play. That's true. Did, you, did you notice that? Yes. There were five guys either within or close to the painted area for the like literally everyone on the Jazz was back going to defense. Rudy gets the rebound, five guys around him and dunks it. I, I mean, it's so it was that was a cool play. Obviously, the ball went to him. Yeah, but just to get the rebound over five guys is pretty pretty sick. It was great. I think I, I feel like I'd be remiss to to not say that Donovan Mitchell was fantastic in this game. He made huge shots at the end. He was. Bogey was really good. Joe Ingles, other than not being able to make a shot for a long time, I thought played hard. Um, and my other rando observation from the week is that Mike Conley just needs to never not wear a headband again because through my anecdotal observation, he's just way better when he plays with a headband. Well, if you really want to know, I mean, the Jazz are four and zero since Royce O'Neal started wearing a headband. Let's get so headbands on everybody and anybody. Well, well, I don't know. It's working now, so let's just ride it with those two. But okay, I, I want to have. I want to ask you one question on taunting, and I wonder if you even noticed this or saw this on social media or what you saw during the game. But there was a like a one minute long clip of Donovan Mitchell talking about Gary Trent Jr. after the. Portland Trailblazers game saying that yes that he was like punking the Jazz or something like they he, they weren't going to let him punk the Jazz and I, honestly it was a quick snippet the the one minute that I watched and I almost thought like what is Donovan saying like I did you see what happened there as a as a taunting theme or continuing here yeah I didn't I saw his interview afterwards I saw Dame's response. I like Donovan for doing it. I think that stuff's fun. <laughs> I thought Gary Trent's response was fun, but I didn't actually see what happened in the game. I, I guess I kind of missed it. Right. Well, that's why I didn't understand why, like, it It seemed like something that wasn't relevant. At least, I mean, obviously to the sense that, like, it was off the block um, goaltend thing, and then he was just talking about Gary Trent punking the Jazz, which I didn't. So I just wondered if you knew any more about that. No, because he played an awesome game. Yeah, Gary I think Gary. Awesome I think game. he just said something to him, and it bugged Donovan, and he responded. But I, I don't. I, uh, we can do some investigative journalism into this. But I, I, I'll be curious for the next Portland game. It'll be fun. We'll keep an eye on it. Fair enough. Okay, so that was fun, and it was a fun week, and the Jazz were awesome again. And now it's time for the awesome yep. break. So, so we're going to have some fun. We are. Let's go, Doug. Let's go to a segment two that I had planned to do with you in the, at, at the heels on the heels of the five game losing streak. So it's a little bit different now, but I think it's still relevant because I think we're all here a little wondering how real, what is real and, and where the jazz are. Segment two. <laughs> Yay. Um, so I wanted to play this game with you called Dr. Doug. Uh, my alternative name for it was Doug MD, um, like medical doctor, but also like playing off web MD. Here's my premise. All the time now you get sick, you're wondering about it or your kid's sick or something. And you just Google that stuff. Right. And you start reading all the symptoms and everybody starts to think they're a doctor and you're on WebMD or you're on whatever. And it's like, 
every symptom means every terrible disease all the time. And so it's easy to get carried away. I feel like that's been me on Twitter of late. And so I'm coming to you as a professional basketball doctor, a doctor of basketball um, with a real credentialed opinion. Not like you don't have real credentials. Um, we're working on that. But in my mind, you're a credentialed practicing doctor of basketball. So I'm just going to I bookmarked a few tweets that are diagnosing problems with the jazz. And I want you to tell me if that's real. Um, and I need to like like the jazz need to consult an expert about this. Or if it's just like we rub some cream on it and move on. Okay. Okay. Let's hear it. Um, let me see what I can start off with first. So I, I'm, I'm literally just scrolling through some bookmark tweets that I have. Um, so, okay. Here's one from SLC. Davis, red X mark. Tony Bradley, red X mark. George Niang, red X mark. Juwan Morgan, come on down. You're the next contestant on, is this the backup five, right? Um, Doug, it's like I've got this weird growth in my backup center spot, but it's not like big enough. Like, is this a, a real thing or are we, or is it fine? <laughs> in other words, <laughs> are you okay with our backup center? Do you think this is a thing that's holding us back? Um, I'm going to say rub a little cream on it because we're feeling good about our back, backup center. Position. Yeah, I guess we've spoiled the lead a little bit by you saying nice things about Juwan Morgan, but. I know. I'm no, sorry. no, but I also, I also think Tony Bradley's played pretty good of late. Like, I, again, I think you and I have talked about this, but people keep freaking out about the backup center. This isn't the dream team. This isn't the All Star team. You know, every roster's got some holes. You got to patch it up a little bit, but upgrading it just never seemed totally realistic. So I'm not. I don't know. I'm rubbing some cream on that one. All right, let me give you another one. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Um, that was from SLC Dunk. This one's from uh, Tara at Tara Bear. Um, nothing pisses me off more than no effort on 50-50 balls. You look stupid. Um, what do you think? Is this a – I feel like this is something that I've actually been pretty concerned about during this win, the, during the losing streak and even since is that are we not like an effort team anymore? Like it feels like we are. Are you worried about that at all? Yeah, that's one thing that – is definitely concerning. I and I'm gonna tell you, um, well, Mark, with my doctorness, um, this is concerning. But we're gonna wait two weeks until after the All Star. Oh, I like it. Wait and see. Field. The watchful waiting phase. Doug, I worked on right. an IPO <laughs> for a prostate medical device company, which is near and dear to your and my hearts, um, and what the future holds right. for us. And uh, one of the one of the phases of uncomfortable prostate situations is is the watch and see phase. So that's where we are with that. Um, Yeah, honestly, I and I hate to chalk it up to to like, oh, everyone's tired because everyone's tired. So it's really just an effort thing. Um, so maybe it's they just need the all-star break well i think you're right david Locke said this so i'm gonna i I said some things i didn't agree with earlier i I agreed with this he said on his podcast today that he really thinks that the 10 game win streak took a lot of energy and effort and then donovan rudy were pushing so hard named to all-stars to the all-star team and then there was maybe just like in a little emotional 
letdown or release or whatever after that. And maybe they lost a little bit of an edge for a few games. And I think that's, I think that's fair. Um, okay. How about this one, Doug? This is from somebody. I'm going to leave their name off. It's really time to have that Quinn convo. No one wants to have. And then someone responded and said, what convo is this? His unwillingness to make adjustments to the lineup after five and a half games, he actually did try something different in the second half. Also doesn't do enough to protect his players in poorly officiated games. What's your professional diagnosis there? Oh, man. Honestly, I, as far as basketball acumen and decision-making, Quinn Snyder pretty much walks on water. In my brain, so. <laughs> Same. I'm just like, people, uh-huh. people, this is one of those things where people are just like, are like, what's Quinn doing out there? And he's not perfect. Everybody has like good games, bad games. We, I don't know. Sometimes maybe he's trying to figure out a lineup for the long run whatever but it's just like to be like uh, quit we gotta have that quinn convo like uh is quinn like losing it uh his offense is like, what are we talking about quinn's track record with the talent level of i mean the jazz have not been exactly signing until this year they've got some nice free agents bogdanovich has been an amazing free agent but it's not like he was like the one everybody was waiting to sign on july 4th it's not like the jazz are bringing in nothing but lottery picks like we're even talking about here that they, they, they overperform every year i thought that was kind of ridiculous but on a related note this was one is it time already to go back to the mitchell o'neill ingles bogdanovich gobert starting lineup which uh they have the last two games because mike's been out what do you think in other words um, mike Conley I... not be starting um is what that says yeah and I'm going to say no. I think I think Mike's looked really good, honestly, in the games that he's played. I know that he, he sat out on the second night of back-to-back, and they're saying knee soreness. And I think he's just sitting out these games pre-All-Star break, and then he should be better. That's just what I'm guessing. I don't have heard anything. I think you're right. Um, but honestly... Joe Ingles talked about it earlier in the season and and reality had to really change coming off the bench, starting the game. I think when Royce O'Neal's on the court, it doesn't matter whether he's starting or not. But I think for Mike Conley, he needs to be with the starting unit and and get going early. Yeah. And then he can be playing with the second unit. He can be playing with whom, whoever. But, and... And Quinn will just decide with the flow of the game who ends and who's in the game to, to finish it out. But I think, I think you definitely keep Mike in the starting lineup. I opinion. think you're right. And I was, but it's been such a hotly contested thing that I saw a second opinion too. So here's somebody else from my, you know, doctor Googling um, that said, don't let this losing streak distract you from the fact this was at the end of the losing streak that Mike has been playing pretty well the last five games he's played in, especially when he was put back in the starting lineup and off restricted minutes. Now we just need Donovan and Rudy to get back to all-star form. And then he put the stats and, you know, Portland, 18 points, just, just under 50% shooting Denver, 21 points, same Portland, um, 22 points, same. And I'm playing well in each of those games, four or five assists each game between four and eight rebound. He had an eight rebound game in there. Um, my, my unofficial diagnosis for that five game losing streak was 
our two best players weren't playing very well. So, I mean, I think you and I believe in them to be good. So that, that like, I think they'll play better. Um, all right. Let's see. I think I just had like one more, um, maybe, uh, let's see. Look, Niang had a good 10 game stretch of games where he was so hot from three, but we literally can't ignore the other 30 or something games where his shooting and defense haven't been great, especially his defense. What do you think about that diagnosis, Doug? Hey, your best friend, George Niang. That George Niang is my best friend. And one thing that I forgot to say earlier is that you said a gorgeous um, Pistol Pete mural. And I I had forgotten that you had seen the mural and I thought you were going to say a gorgeous Cause George Because gorgeous George Niang is with me all the time. So spoiler alert, I disagree with that take. Um, George Niang is ever present. George Niang is never ending. Uh, George Niang is forever. So I don't, I don't go with that. Here's my last. Let me. Oh, oh sorry. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, I feel like he's not really playing that much either. It's, or at least the focus has been so heavily on Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. That um, I, I honestly, I appreciate the occasional George Niang three. And I think that he's doing good. Yeah. I think when people are complaining about him, what are they complaining about? Because I think you're right. He's playing so limited. He's getting like a two, two to four threes a game. If he makes two of them, it was a good George Nian game, and his plus minus is high. If he misses a couple of them, uh, it's probably low. But like that's what we're asking him to do. That's his role. I, I don't. I have no problems with the way he plays. Here's my last one, Doug, and I think this is good, but I want your professional opinion. Um, by the way, the one thought I've had over several games, and it's not a new thought, just the one that keeps manifesting itself is that as Joe Ingles goes, so the Jazz go. He has that type of impact. I do. I Yeah. Um, here's my thing. Oh, shoot. I clicked out of it. But I want to go to the Joe Ingles stat line for tonight. Um, because it's tough to say as Joe Ingles goes, so does the team go. Because Joe is such an unselfish player that you can't just be like, Joe has to score a lot of points. Cause I mean, tonight Joe had four points and nine assists. Um, and I think he's had a couple similar games like this lately where he hasn't scored very well or hasn't even shot that much, but his assists and rebounds are mm-hmm. up. So I would say the flow of Joe Ingles, the, the, his, it, when his chakras are in, I don't know what I'm saying. Um, I think, as Joe Ingles, the basketball player, is playing well, the Jazz go. As Joe Ingles, the scorer, is playing the Jazz go, I wouldn't agree with the second. As always, um, you've come in and you've sprinkled nuance onto something that otherwise seemed black and white. Because you're right. I, I mean, I agree with you. I, that's a, I would call it like his level of engagement. Like if it feels like he's part of the game, he's getting in somebody's face. Today, he felt very much as in the flow to me. So even though he missed some shots, whatever, I felt like he was impacting the game left and right. He had that incredible pass after that Rudy block where he threw the alley-oop right at the rim and he reverse dunked it that I just felt like was a huge momentum shifter. Um, I thought in the Portland game, the one moment that I thought was got lost because of the goaltend block, because of the block, was – when he got an offensive rebound and kicked it out to like extend it and, and help the like score before that to take the lead. I just thought 
I've, I just, yeah, I think his engagement and his, he's the soul of this team now kind of, and he's, he's taken that part of Jay Crowder on from last year. He's always kind of had that, but he's shouldered that a lot. And so I think that's important. Um, all right. Well, I think based on all that, um, according to your professional opinion, we're in the wait, um, the watchful waiting stage with a lot of this, and we're just ignoring all the really bad stuff. And uh, thanks for this consultation. I, I feel better. Um, uh, uh, after the call, I'll ask you a couple more personal questions about some itchiness. <laughs> um, actually, your insurance won't cover that. So it's kind of a big down. Oh, uh, copay. <laughs> All right. Um, let's go on that. Uh, let's go on that note to our social media segment, Doug. Hashtag social media. Yay! I mean, I kind of just did some, but uh, let's take a stab at something funny. Do you got do you got anything? I do. I do. Okay. So I saw this a couple of days. Well, it was yesterday. Um, I saw this yesterday and I just thought it was funny because it was from someone in national media and respected basketball mind. Usually these kind of comments just come from frustrated jazz fans that I see, I guess, just in my Twitter timeline. So I was pretty, I thought it was cool to see this from someone else. Um, so it's from Jay Williams former Dukey. Um, so shout out to Steph out of Duke beat North Carolina. Steph oh yeah, Steph. And Brad <laughs> and Brandon and Michelle and everyone who has a connection that we know to Duke. We wanted to get Stephanie on to talk about that game. Um, and because the podcast moved around so much, sorry, Steph, that it hasn't happened, but also you were supposed to send us your synopsis of it. So if you do that, we'll put it on, but we love you, you and congrats on your one. Yep. Um, so Jay Williams, former duke dukey um he said this did you see it i re- i remember seeing this but i actually don't remember what it was i remember liking it okay even, but... so he said houston rocket fans dot, dot, oh, yeah. dot do you guys ever get frustrated that your team never runs any offensive sets harden and russ are stars but it feels like they're it's a glorified aau game hashtag tough to watch at times man that was on point with everything anyone in the in the jazz media says that's true and And i and 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 with what i think so i'm with him (laughs) i loved it the the rockets basketball is just so man it's at times at times it's just so ugly and it's just like every man for himself just go get a bucket i don't like it i mean whatever i mean (laughs) i would like it more if Russell Westbrook wasn't so annoying and James Harden didn't flop all the time and travel. But yeah, I'm yeah. with you. I'm with so, you, Jay Williams. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to give you two. Uh, where I roll. Um, they're both from Jimbo Slice uh, at Jimbo Redding, who I just thought really had a stellar week on Twitter. Um, so this was after the Portland game. He said, I'll bet Gordon Haywood. You know, people on a running joke on jazz Twitter is to spell Gordon Hayward's name wrong, which is fun. I'll bet Gordon Hayward wishes somebody would have goaltended that Zupa's crab avocado melt a few years ago. (laughs) (laughs) If you've been a long time jazz Twitter fan, Gordon Hayward got food poisoning at Zupa's once. Everybody makes jokes about it um, every time he comes back at dad. That one made me laugh. And then he tweets it. Did you see this? He tweets at Paige Davis. Do you know who Paige Davis is? Did you see this? Yeah, the RC Willie commercial person. 
Uh, and he says, at real Paige Davis. Hi, Paige. I have a confession. I've been tracking my kid's height at RC Willie on the wall by the dining sets for four years now. They're marked in pencil, but I still feel horrible. I'm willing to paint over it. Should I tell the manager or just show up and paint? And, <laughs> and Paige Davis responds with a quote tweet of this and says, okay, this might be the most adorable tweet I've ever received at RC Willie. Hashtag dad love. And the thing is, it just kind of breaks my heart. It makes me laugh at the same time because she doesn't realize that he's just completely making that up and making his weird sense of humor. You know, like was, he just like before every game, he's like, oh, um, <coughs> sorry. He's like, if they don't win, I'm going to go to RC Willie and eat all the hot dogs. Or if they don't win, I'm going to do it. It's just something silly. And uh, anyways, yeah, I don't know. It made me laugh. I thought that was fun. Yeah, I I literally had the same. And I thought Paige's response was so yeah. funny. Um, she is the face of R.C. Willie, and I thought I, I don't. I just thought it was hilarious. One thing, like Jimbo Slice, man. When are we gonna see this guy on like TV or something? He's or, on. I, he's like, been on podcast. I think they do podcasts for SLC Dunk that he goes on. But he, he's. I will say though, he's the lead, the league leader, in tweeting something that I literally laugh out loud at and then turn around and read to Kristen. And it's just not as funny when I'm reading it out loud. Right. <laughs> to me, he slays me. He slays me. All right, Doug. Yep. Okay. Wait, sorry. Can I say oh, one yeah. more really fast? So I was just scroll- scrolling through Twitter while we were talking. Why not? Um, it was a fun and... game tonight. Let's scroll through Twitter all you, all you want. Yeah. Um, so two hours ago, and so I don't know how far through the game this was, but it just shows it, – it just kind of shows one of the biases of SportsCenter really fast, but it says Bam Adebayo versus Rudy Gobert, and and it's a short 10-second clip of, of Bam dunking it over Rudy, and it says advantage Bam. Um, and then Tim McCayman, he's an ESPN guy. He always – he does. I, he must be pro. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, he, he covers. Yeah, I don't think that's what you say his last name, but, um, but yeah, he follows the jazz. McCahoon, Mac. I forget. Uh, anyways, Mac- he's good. Yeah. I don't know, but he, then he put out the stats and he put Bam out of value nine points, four for ten field goal percent, or from the, from the field, eleven boards and a minus twenty three, <laughs> and then. And then Rudy is 16 points, 7 for 12, 20 boards, and plus 25. Awesome. So, Isn't it make- yeah. I don't know. I feel awesome. like, especially in social media, it, I mean, you just throw throw out those things like advantage, bam, and someone's going to go, man, he played a way better game than Rudy. Yeah. And, and I like it when you just get put in the your main place. reason why Rudy Gobert gets crap on social media is because people see snippets and weird stuff like that. Uh, Bam's really good. Rudy has dominated them the two times they played this year. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Doug. Well, this has gone long. It's getting a little late. Let's uh, let's Jordan Clarkson this thing, the greatest uh, four point play guy in the history of basketball. I think I'm going to call him that. Um, into an and one, and uh, you're leading us on this one. And one, and one, yeah. Okay, so. Um, this is kind of a belated thing, but if you, if you're a true 
fan of the podcast, then probably two or three weeks ago, you would have read the article about the jazz bear speaking to the media for the first time and then listened to the 45-minute podcast and interviewing of the ex-jazz bear. 25 years of being the jazz bear he was. Um, and so, I mean, we can make this really quick. Um, but what are your thoughts from the podcast? I loved it. With the I loved it. Interview? Um, so great find. I, I will definitely put this on cowhideglobe.com so people can, can go read the article and listen to the podcast. I thought it was going to be some expose for why he got fired. I'm kind of glad that it wasn't because his life story was so interesting. And regardless of, of why he stopped being on the team, they allude to it, but not really. Um, one silly thought, the guy interviewing him is like a fitness person who's like worked, I, not someone I'm familiar with, but worked with the team. He did not know who Tom Nasalki was. So his jazz knowledge goes out the window for me, but to the bear, uh, it was so cool. I, I, he just talked about how he became the bear and how mascot, like how, how he started. He was like getting ready to preparing to go to law school. And then he got like hired by the small, like pre CBA, whatever minor league basketball team. And Tom Nasalki later on went to coach the jazz was like running the league and found him and all this stuff. And it was, it was just cool. It was cool to hear the like, he was like sledding down bleachers when nobody was doing it. He was like, it was just fun to hear about how someone gets into a role like that, that sustains a living for them for that long. And just the, how the league worked back then. Uh, but one of my big takeaways, Doug is, have you seen Ford versus Ferrari? No, I haven't seen it yet. Oh man. It's so good. We watched it over the weekend to, you know, we we're all sick and we we're at home and we we're just getting, you know, like let's watch some Oscar movies. It's really good. And, and Matt Damon and Christian Bale's characters in there kind of remind me of this guy. It's just like driven by this thing and this high, adrenaline high. And uh, that kind of person's uh, attractive to me. And it, it was cool to hear him talk about how serious he took it, about the community of other mascots. And he was like friends with the gorilla of, from Phoenix. And about two, something I thought was cool. He talked about like, when he tried out, there were people who were really good at tumbling and there are people who were really good at dancing and there are people who are really strong and all this stuff. And he wasn't the best at anything, but he was just willing to do everything. And he was pretty good at everything and kind of the value in that. And uh, he had awesome stories about when he almost died. He had awesome stories about when people, I mean, the whole thing was super engaging. I, I was all in. So great find. I know. Like you said, I was, I was pretty nervous that it was going to be something weird and I was going to feel uncomfortable about the jazz. Um, he did a, kind of allude to the fact that he just kind of got let go and the Jazz said that they were going to go in a different direction. And it, at least in his words, that's that's all that they said. So it's, I mean, I don't know about that. But you're right. It was super fun. He had so many cool stories. It would be cool to just have like a, like a, like a short book or something, maybe a long book yeah. about all the different experiences that he's had. Um, his original tryout for the Jazz was at Westminster, and he did his sled down the bleachers thing and just destroyed his shins. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that part. Um, yeah, yep. one like you said, one time that he almost died, and he was um, holding a, a cheerleader, a dancer, or something like that, and 
they almost fell to their death, but the, the dancer didn't even know. And he just kind of winged it, winged it. I don't know. Um, yeah. it, it was just fun. He, he talked about the Jerry Sloan days and how, um, I think he didn't say, was he a Marine or he was in the army or something like that? Yeah, I can't remember which, but once upon a time. And so he appreciated, um, he was always like really nervous around Jerry Sloan and kind of looked at him as that like sergeant leader figure, but he was so respected by Jerry that he was allowed to use the, the trainers and go in the locker room whenever he needed. And he felt like he was really, I mean, he was a part of the team and affected the outcome of the game, whether the yeah. the team won or lost. So I don't know. I thought that was really cool. He's just a true guy. Did his, he was true to himself and was true to the Jets. So it's it's a it's a fun list. It's cool. It it reminds you. I I feel like the team feels really small and accessible now. But it's like in those early days in Utah, it's like the NBA was so different and things were more accessible. And so it is just fun to hear him talk about being in the locker room with people and if you're a jazz fan you'll like it it kind of reminded me um you know my my wife Kristen's um stepfather bruce uh, would had like i can't remember if he they were i think his company was like sponsoring the jazz early days and like they'd get like these awesome tickets and they'd go and into the locker room like after the game and hearing him talk about it was so cool like, he t- talked about this time where he took his son Kristen's stepbrother trent into like the locker room and like Thurl Bailey just walked out of the shower and he was like oh wow and so I mean I don't know yeah. it's just like it's fun to think of it as like this little family and accessible he gives that feeling of family with the Millers and I don't know it's cool I would, I would highly recommend it yep I've, no more to say on that if you if you want to know more you have to go listen yourself but yep all right, dude. Well, we'll roll into the All-Star. We'll do something fun with All-Star break. I don't know. We'll think of something. And uh, we'll see how we do in the in the home stretch. Okay. Hi, man. Uh, I, yeah, it's going to be a fun weekend. Go Rudy. Go Donovan. Team Giannis. Team Giannis. Hopefully a lot of defense. That's <laughs> our only hope. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, man. Well, good stuff. Good job. Twos and threes. Twos and threes.